Hired by a mysterious party, three individuals make their way towards the snowy wilds of Athfar to meet their contact. Their job, unknown. But the promise of pay and adventure is high. Thrust together by fate or chance, join us as our story takes our three adventurers on an epic journey across the continent. Good evening, welcome to Dungeons & Airwaves. My name's Ash, and I'm going to be your Dungeon Master for tonight. Now, before we get started, I thought we would just go around the table, we'll introduce ourselves, the names of our characters, and then we'll get into it. So, Billy? I'm Billy, so I've been playing D&D for a fair few years now. I used to be a volunteer here at Tune, so it's good to be back. And I'll be playing Kodak, the somewhat human druid. Hello everyone, my name is Ben, uh, you've heard me a fair amount here on Tune. I am going to be playing a Goliath named Leonet Lawkeeper. I'm Emily, I am new-ish to D&D, and I will be playing Katya, a human barbarian. Alright, so we'll get into it. I've already given all our players the sheets. They've been hired by a man named Sir Orem of Windgate, and they've found themselves in the cold mountain village of Halfway. As the wind howls outside, it rattles at the wooden shutters of the inn, the late autumn night is cold, but not unbearably so as thick furs and heat from the ground floor's hearth keeps you all reasonably warm. Your sleep is plagued by half-formed dreams filled with distorted voices and laughter. You rest fitfully, tossing and turning through most of the night. Morning seems to arrive all too soon as you are all awoken by the sound of bells tolling, calling the townsfolk to the central church to attend the morning sermon. The air is crisp and fresh, and there's a hint of snow and pine. And as you look around the barebones room, you each notice two others now awake. The three of you are the only outsiders here, having taken refuge in the tavern's meager lodgings for the night. So I'll have everyone describe their characters. We'll start with M. Katya is a small Russian lady. She is old. She is very small, but robust. Katya will rise, stretch, and go to the window to summarize what the weather is doing. So it's not quite snowing yet, but there is a faint amount of mist rising from the cobblestone streets. And you can see a few of the townsfolk coming out of their houses and looking around, maybe plowing their fields. Leonet is a eight-foot-tall Goliath, a very muscular being. Um, he is completely bald, uh, but he does have a long black beard, which is fairly typical of the Goliath race. He is, having just woken up, he is going over his research notes. All right. Kodak is sitting there. Strangely enough, so given most humans about the six foot range is quite tall. So six foot three, real long shaggy hair, rough, dirty tunic. Um, sitting there finishing off what's left of a cold chicken from the night before uh, with a flagon of ale. All right. Um, so you are aware that you are in the tavern. You can go downstairs to breakfast, or if you are so inclined, as you've heard the bells calling everyone to morning mass, you could go to the church if you wished. I will go to the church. Okay. Is anyone else going downstairs? I will go downstairs. I'll likewise follow the strangers down. All right. So as you all head towards the door, you walk down the stairs and they're a little bit rickety. They're definitely creeping under Leonette's weight. Um, he's used to this, having been in Halfway for the past three years. 
the the buildings aren't really built to accommodate someone of his size. My apologies. And as you walk out, the bar is empty, except for a single man sitting at the back, almost hidden in a sea of furs. Um, and he calls out to you, Excuse me, what were you thinking of leaving today? I was hoping to. I was actually here for employment. I'm searching for Sir Orum, I believe, the flyer had, and I go to hand him the flyer we've all received. He looks at it. I'm not familiar with Or Sir Orum. Strange that you'd be wanting to see him in Islandholm. That's where the triumphant dragon is. That's over the mountains. You won't be able to pass. Not today. There was a landslide during the night. That is oh. unfortunate. I take it then. We. I take it then. You guys too are. Ser- you. Well, I know that you are. I take it that you are also searching for Sir Orm for this employment. No. Wonderful. At least we're all on the same page. I. I know you're from halfway. I've seen you around, but you other two, you're not. Are you? No. No, I'm not. I'm from the Ironback Woods. If you're familiar with the place. I am. I'm familiar with a number of the clans down there. I've been hunting in those woods for quite a few years. If you're um, if you're in desperate need to cross the mountains, I'd recommend finding a local guide. Hmm. Thank you for your advice. You're welcome. It's much appreciated. What is your name, stranger? Uh, you would know this man. He's been in Halfway for the past three months or so. Okay. His name is Ashal. He is a half-elf hunter and trapper from Goldcliff. Thank you for your help, Ashal. It's my pleasure. How do you happen to know any guides? That I must admit that is not really my specialty in uh, what I know. I can introduce you to someone if you need. Um, she might... She's a little bit slow to trust. She's a tabaxi. So okay. she can be difficult to find, but she owes me a favor. Oh, that, okay. That would be good. I appreciate that. Do you two, have you two have any experience or knowledge of local guides in this area by any chance? No, I just ended up here through sheer dumb luck, to be honest. No, not, not much. Okay, well, if nothing else, we at least know that we're all going to the same place, so we might as well stick around each other. Exactly. There's good safety in numbers. As long as you don't mind hanging around a man twice your size. That was more directed at you, my dear. <laughs> Kaji will just look up at him and pat him on the leg. <laughs> I, I, will, I will just tussle her hair softly and smile at her. Kaji, in her heart, has adopted him. Leonette is generally very friendly towards all races and people unless given a reason not to, so he has taken an immediate shine to both uh, both Kadya and Kodak. Kodak. Of course. Um, Kodak, you are confident that you could probably find your way through the mountains if you needed to. You're familiar with some of the area, but not this specific uh, locale. Your home, the Ironback Woods, does open up Onto the uh, onto the Alamar mountain range, but you don't really traverse it that much, preferring to keep to your allocated territory. So, so were you all going to the sermon this morning? I was planning to. I didn't know. I don't. I can't speak for my companions, but I was hoping to catch it before I left. I'll go along with you. I'm quite curious, considering 
religion's not really something you follow in the Iron Backwoods. Like everyone's got their own beliefs, but it's it's different. I'll be interested to see how <laughs> it goes. Eshal kind of chuckles at that. Well, if you come back, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are. Have you ever heard of the Church of the Eternal Flame? I've heard it. I don't know their teachings, but I have heard of it. Begging your pardon, if we come back. If you come back to halfway, not if you come back from the church, my apologies. Don't worry, I'll keep you I'll keep you safe. There's nothing there that's gonna hurt you. Okay. I can fend for myself. You're human ish. you should be fine. I am very well accustomed with these people. That that you are. Um, so Ashal lets you go, he's not really, he'll, he'll chat if you're happy to, um, but he's more focused on his breakfast, he doesn't appear to be much of a morning person. Um, as you leave the tavern, you look around and the town is, it's small and quaint, and the townsfolk are rushing about now, there is a palpable air of not quite animosity, but you are, with the exception of Leonette, regarded with suspicion. While it's not the only town in the mountain pass, outsiders are incredibly rare here. Uh, and you notice there are three main buildings. There is the inn that you are currently staying at, the church, and a simple general store. And you notice that while the population is largely human, there is the odd dwarf here and there. The don't don't fret. They are it don't fret you guys. They are not too they are not too accustomed to people they don't know of. They were exactly the same with me when I first came here three years ago. You get used to it, and they get used to you. Katya will uh, greet everyone that she sees with, with a smile and a little wave. They're a little bit suspicious, but they, they wave back. They're polite, but not necessarily friendly. You're a natural at this. So Kodak kind of just following the group tries to not get in anyone's ways in particular and just slowly follow the Goliath through, okay. kind of using him to break the crowd. Very easy to do. This man towers above even the tallest, even you, by, like, two feet. I think, yeah, eight-foot-tall, very muscular man. I am a very large presence. Yes. You are incredibly hard to miss. And the town is small, so it doesn't take you long to reach the church, which is... It's an old building... And it appears to be much older than the rest of the buildings around. It is made with stone rather than wood. Um, and it has been reinforced in places. And the one thing you notice in the centre of the uh, steeple is this gorgeous stained glass window depicting a woman on the back of a white horse with a flaming sword in her hand. Man. Could, could I get everyone to roll a history check at this point? So you got, did you add your modifier to that one? Is that a wisdom? Uh, yeah, it should be on the track. Shoot. Uh, yeah, so wisdom is negative one. Okay, so you got a four. Got a four. Uh, so I got a seven for my history. You got a seven? I add my modifier, which I believe is a plus two. D&D Beyond is just being a little bit painful for me at the moment. You're fine. I can double check for that one. Um, I appreciate that. What did you roll on the dice? Thirteen. You roll a 13, your history is a plus 4, so you got a 17. So you are the only one who knows um, that this window depicts Queen Idrea I, and she was the woman who united the country of Ednos and founded the religion of the Eternal Flame. 
I look up at the stained glass window with uh, admiration for the flame and the fire of the flaming sword. However, I look upon Queen Adrea with slight contempt. Okay. I will elbow um, Mionette. Are you okay down there? Who's that? That would be Queen Adrea. She, if you have you not heard of her before? No. Now that you've heard the name, you do know who Queen Adrea the first is, but you've not really seen her depicted um, in quite this manner. For a small town, uh, Avonlea, the town that you are from, its church is much larger, but it is not as ornate. She, as you may know, then, and I'm not sure if you've heard of Queen Adrea before, have you? I'm not 100% familiar with her. She is the reason that Aedros was was united... Aednos. Aednos, sorry. She is the reason that Aednos was united under the one uh, under the one system, and she is the founder of the Church of the Eternal Flame, the sermon of which we are about to listen to. She is held with great respect among most people here. She is. And as you enter the church, you notice that it is absolutely packed to the vaulted rafters. And it's filled with pretty much the entire town. There's men, women, children. They're all sitting in the pews, chanting quietly. And light streams in from that same stained glass window, illuminating the everlasting fire in the center of the room. I fix my gaze on the fire and just smile. Yeah. Um, some guy, the the smith, Dendry, Earlhammer, he'll just kind of elbow you out of the way because you're blocking the path. But he gives you a laugh and smiles and goes and sits with his husband. I apologize. I forget I forget my size sometimes. Yeah, he reaches maybe your mid thigh. There's another, as a dwarf. I'll just like I'll just look at um I'll just look at my two companions and say there is a reason I stand at the back. I don't take up a yeah. I don't take up a pew. And there is space at the back, and there is an empty pew if you wish That's to. That's very fair. I'll I'll join the wall with you. Stand at the back. Shuffle, shuffle forward and sit down. Yeah. A um a young man notices you and he is quite scrawny. He's got pale skin, freckles, red hair, and he kind of notices you and he sits up and he stands and offers you his seat. Oh, thank you. He just he, sm- he smiles and nods and goes somewhere else. And then a hush falls over the crowd as the priest takes to the pulpit. He's a tall quite imposing-looking human man with short-cropped salt-and-pepper hair and a tidy beard. Clad in crimson robes, he stares out over his flock and his gaze falls on each of you, one by one. And Leonette knows that this is Father Cyril Dornan, the priest and one of the village elders of this town. I see we have some new members at our congregation. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. May you find inspiration in the flame. He smiles and seems to be pleased to see new people here. And as he closes his eyes and holds his arms up high, he begins his speech. Um, And I will get Katya and Leonette to roll a religion check. Uh, Kodak can roll one as well, but his is at disadvantage. So mine's a 13. Cool. Mine is a... My history modifier would be plus... Religion, not history. Religion, sorry. Oh, my religion okay. was quite high, than I assume. Um, I, my dice roll was 14, so that makes a total of... 19 for you. Sweet. 
I rolled an eight. Cool. I rolled the wrong skill. Mine's actually a 15. Cool. So you're just like, yeah, this is a nice sermon. Kach is, she's, she's chilling. She's enjoying it. She feels, it, it gives her a very sort of, reminds her of home. You know, usually she'd come here with her grandkids and the other kids that she looks after in the family. Um, Leonet, you realize that, and Kodak as well, you're both a little bit, you're not suspicious, but this sermon is very different to others like it and others that you would assume that a member of the Eternal Flame would give. And Father Cyril Dornan continues and he says, Community is important. We must each rely on our neighbours, especially now as we travel into the harsh depths of winter, far from the flame's warmth. Together, we are strong. Together, we may resist temptation and lift one another up. And we must stand strong against any incursion that may come to pass. And he continues on like this for about a half hour, and he, you know, imposes on the congregation all these virtues and morals that he believes humanity should embody. And finally, he bows his head, inviting the congregation to join him in a chant. And for those of you who have been to the church before, this chant is familiar. And everyone else's voice rises as he continues. Listen carefully to the eternal fire, for it has mysteries that may inspire. Raise your voice in joyful adoration. Sing praise to the flame and dedication. I go along with the chant, but I still regard Father Cyril Dawn with a little bit of confusion. Okay. And Kodak has never heard this chant yeah, before in his life. Not a clue what's going on. I'm like... But it's it's nice. It rhymes. It everyone seems see to know it. See me just moving my mouth slightly up and down to make it look like I'm yeah. saying words, but I'll, nothing's coming out. I'll chime in with the bits I know, like the end bits. Just yeah, so, yeah. inspire. Yeah. And with that, it seems that the um, the sermon is over, and Father Cyril Dornan does mention that there is the feast at the end of the week to commemorate the um, harvest end as we move from autumn into winter. And everyone rises, and then they start to mingle amongst themselves. And despite their apparently open nature, they none of you are really included in any of these discussions. They'll smile at you, and, and they'll wave, um, but you are clearly here an outsider. Don't take it, don't take it too personally, you guys. They, uh, they're, the halfway tends to be a little bit, and the church itself tends to be a little focused on their inner circle. I'll try not to take too much offence to it. I've, I've come across much ruder things. They're delightful. That is both reassuring and concerning. And with that, people are starting to break off and heading for the tavern for breakfast or heading home. Um, and we'll go ahead and take a quick break there as you three head back to the tavern as well to collect your belongings. Distance. 
was just a dream That was just a dream That's me in the corner That's me in the spotlight Losing my religion Trying to keep up you And I don't know if I can do it Oh no So the tavern that you have all been staying at is small, simple, um, made from pine logs. There's no glass, uh, glass being a very expensive luxury here, but it does have slatted windows to keep against the cold and the chill. And people are coming in and going and talking and drinking warm beverages. And you notice to the right side there is a meager stable, and that young man that offered his seat to you, Katya, is there tending to... A single pony who is in the stall, and she is a hardy, shaggy pony suited for the North Country. But other than that, there is no one else really around at this time. Um, I will approach the young boy and um, compliment his pony. Um, And then inquire as to whether he knows of any local guide. Young man. He, he nods at you and smiles. Do you happen to know of any local guides that may take us toward the mountains? And you can see as he's standing there, there's just like fear in his eyes a little bit and he stares at you and just shakes his head. Well, thank you kindly. And he nods in response. Even though he hasn't said a si- that you've interacted with him, this is like the second time now. He hasn't said a single word to you at all. That? Mm. Oh, so can we... Can, can Do we see this? Yeah, I was going to say... Can yeah, you guys are with that. You, Leonette, you do know this young man. Um, his name is Anselm. He is not Father Dornan's son, but adoptee. I will smile at Anselm and say, it's okay, Anselm. She's, she's, she's okay. He, he smiles back and nods, but he still seems quite um, shy. It's a it, it's okay, Katya. It's just it's just a little outsider thing. Don't worry. No, I'm not concerned. So Leonette would know that um, Anselm, this boy, he the only person you've ever seen him speak to is Ashal, the um, half elven man who called out to you in the morning. The entire he I've I, I I've only ever seen him speak to one single person, so I don't think it's I don't think it's anything personal. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. I won't count myself as special then. 
I don't know why a Sean, I don't know the I don't exactly know why a Sean seems to have his trust, but I've never seen him speak to a single other person. Yeah, were you doing anything else outside or were you planning to go in? Ashal has offered to introduce you to a guide that owes him a favour. Given that none of us given that none of us have any better ideas and none of us seem to exactly have anything better to do, I say we should probably take a shawl up on his offer to see if we can get that guide. If we can get on our way, I think it's gonna be the best thing to do. Yeah, it would be a I good agree. idea to get on our way as soon as possible. Come on in then let's see if we can still find him. I'll hunt for a shawl. Is he still sitting in the tavern? He's still sitting in the tavern, he's kind of he's arguing with the innkeeper at the moment and he's saying you've charged me twice the amount that you've charged this other man and the innkeeper's like no i haven't i've charged you the same price as i've charged everyone else and Ashal's like no no you really haven't Ashal. oh you're back how was it oh same old same old how 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 what seems to be the problem here well this man if i should use the word He's a cheat and a thief, and he's been charging me twice the amount that he's been charging everybody else, and he's denying it. Very, very, very strong accusations from what could simply be a mere mistake. How much has he charged you? He's charged me 18 copper for something that I know for a fact only costs nine. How many, and how many times have you had this particular beverage? I've had this meal every single time and every single time. He's charged me 18 copper, and I see the man sit down next to me, and he's charged a nine. And I look, and I see, and he's been given a menu, and the menu says nine copper. So I ask you, Mr. Ramson, why have I been charged 18 copper for this? It's a reasonable question. Has it just been a simple mistake? What's going on here, Mr. Ramson? So the innkeeper, you've met him before. He is um, Aaron Ramson. He's about 5'9", balding, um... And he has a wine-stained birthmark covering the lower left portion of his chin and jaw. And he is not really pleased right now with the accusation, and he seems just angry at Ashal in general. Hang on, hang on. Let's not get let's not get too let's not get too fiery. What's what's the, what, what what let's hear what you have to say. What what is there a reason you've charged him eighteen instead of nine? Because I can. I see. And why have you charged him more than anyone else? Well, I have a duty to the locals, to my people, to look after them. I'm not going to extend that. To For sure. Some... What kind of do you do hunting in the local area? Do your foods not go to the people here? I would argue that's also a service. I am a hunter. And Aaron pipes in at this point. He's a bloody stain on this area. He is. He's been here for three months and he hasn't done a single thing. He says he's a hunter, he hasn't brought in any rabbits, anything. I've been here for three years and I've never brought in any rabbits. Yes, but you're not a hunter. I see. And Ashal, can I get people to roll an inside check? Fourteen. 14. 16. 16. Oh, fuck, this isn't that so tough, the stuff that I wrote. 18. 18, yeah. So you all <coughs> realize that, that, like, tempers are very high right now, but they're both withholding something. Now, I've been around these parts for three years, and I've been wondering the 
wonderful, wonderful world we all live in for so many, many more years before this. I am getting the feeling there's something you're both not telling us. Can let can you roll me a just a straight intelligence check to see if you recall something? So a d20 plus your intelligence modifier. That is a 17 base plus intelligence was plus 4? No, I think it's a plus 2. Oh, a 19. Yeah, it's a plus 2. Um, yeah, there's been some odd deaths in and around halfway for the past few months. I see. I'm assuming that your trepidation about Ashal is to do with the fact that there have been some poor unfortunate folk meeting their untimely ends here lately. He slams his hand down on the desk and he says, those people haven't started dying until that little rat bag showed up. Hang on. Correlation is not causation. Just because he turned up at the same time that people started disappearing does not mean that it was him that did it. Someone could be trying to pin these deaths on him as a convenient way of getting off his own actions. Who? There's no one here. I know every single person in this town. I've lived here my whole life. My daughter's lived here her whole life. I know everyone here and I know everything they do. The only outsiders that I've seen in the past three months is him and those two. Well, I'm pretty sure that Kathia here wouldn't be capable of killing all those people. Look at the size of her. And I'll just sort of nudge Katya as if to say, don't say anything. And she just doesn't say anything. <laughs> That's good. And Kodak, I can't imagine, would have the desire in which to kill anyone. You see me looking out the window at chickens walking across the street? <laughs> he seems more preoccupied as to where he's going to get his next meal. Just licking his lips. And I, I can I can assure you, if I killed something, you'd probably know about it. I am not exactly the sort of person that can do anything conspicuous, inconspicuously. At this point, Ashal just throws up his hand and says, whatever, I can catch my own food, I don't need this shit. And then he goes off and he sits near the fire. I'll follow him. Okay. What are the other two doing? Um, looking around, I'm just kind of seeing... There's not many people here currently, is there? So there's the innkeeper, uh, Aaron Ramson. There's a young woman. She looks to be about 18. Um, similar enough, she has the same sort of birthmark on her face that she is related to the innkeeper. But otherwise, there's only a couple of people that you see from the church. I walk over to the glass. Friend, do you drink? To me, oh, sorry, my yeah. apologies. I have not been known to partake in the past, but I'm not opposed to a drink every now and then. Right, breakfast ales it is, and I go and grab two from the bar. Cool. So and I'll grab one for small grandma as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, that'll run you about three copper. Perfect. Very kind of you. Thank you, Kodak. I believe that is your name, is it not? Yes, yes it is. Kodak, I am back. Nice to meet you, Kodak. I am back officially. I didn't really get a chance to say hello to you before we uh, got out of bed this morning. And Katya, I believe it was. It is wonderful to meet you as well, my dear. Lovely to meet you. I will take the ale and chug it. <laughs> That's an impressive effort. That was quite <laughs> remarkable. I'll slam yeah. the glass out and swipe my hand across my face. You see, there's just like this older man in the corner. He's just like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Innkeeper, another for our friend. <sighs> right. 
I'll get you another. Are you having breakfast? I wouldn't mind something to eat if that's okay. Mm. Well, you know where the menu is. I will grab <laughs> three menus. Three menus? All right. He's, he's been quite put out by the altercation between Ashal and the fact that you haven't taken his side. Sure. Um, while you are not a local, you have started to be seen as less of an outsider by most people. Thank you. I guess three years will do that. And the fact that I don't look like the sort of person that many people want to pick an argument with. That too. I will address, I believe it was Amal. Uh, Ashal. Ashal, the innkeeper. Ashal is the half-elf man, the hunter. The innkeeper is Aaron. Okay, now, I'll, I'll just have a qu- I'll just quickly speak to Aaron, and I'll, uh, quiet enough so that Ashal can't hear. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, don't be too put out, friend. It is simply too early in the morning for fighting. It's nothing to do with that. He's been here and he's been skulking around and talking with my daughter and telling her stories about leaving and what the world is like and it's dangerous and I won't have it and I'm not going to have her be the next body that shows up so that's why you're you put that's why you wanted that's why you're put out by him you want to protect your daughter amongst other things I can completely respect that sir that is a very noble thing to do but if you want to protect her and keep her safe if she sees you openly being hostile to the one person that she seems to be talking to, that's not going to do. That's just going to make her resent you even more. He snorts. He's not impressed at all. Um, but he is absolutely convinced, and he says to you, "I am. I'm not a betting man, but I will wager you anything you want right now. That that little shite sitting down there, eating and drinking amongst us." There's something wrong with him. I put my, I just gently, uh, like comfortingly and reassuringly, just place mm. my hand on his shoulder. I can promise you, if you are right, and he is, I will put a stop to it myself before any harm comes to your daughter. And the two of you sitting with a shawl, he's, he's, he's alert. He's like, he's paying attention, but he seems oblivious to the concentration. But I will get everyone to roll an inside check at this point as well. Even me? Yeah. Sure. No, it's unfortunate. Oh. <laughs> that's like whenever in D&D whenever that happens it's like oh crap that was a 6 no nat 1 no nat 1 nat 20 okay that's good. <laughs> the only person who really realizes lay in it and as you look over to just check back at your new companions and Ashal while he appears physically oblivious to this conversation you can tell that he is listening intently to what's going on. And he doesn't seem stressed and he doesn't seem nervous at the implication that he's responsible. You actually tell he seems kind of amused. Just remember, and I'm just continuing to speak to um, Mr. Aaron, the innkeeper. Just remember, no, nothing good comes from throwing around accusations without any proof. I think I've got all the proof enough that I need. And then with that, he walks out and starts preparing your breakfast. I'm going... That is... Okay. I'm going to just walk back to join Ashal and, okay. um, and the other two and just say, well, that could have... That man seems wound up. He's a fine piece of work, isn't he? Yes, but it is natural to want to protect his children, I guess. What are these murders? So... Hmm. There's been some, you know, odd deaths appearing lately. But we're in the mountains, it's heading to winter. There's not much food. It could easily be a pack of wolves. 
some bears, you know, trying to find food. You're saying they've been eaten. Have we found? Have any of the bodies turned up, or are they just oh, quite a number. They've uh, turned up in the middle of the square, as a matter of fact. In what condition? Not a pleasant one. And this, for some reason, Aaron seems to think that it is you that ripped them apart like a wild animal. He's entitled to his opinions, but look at me. And you look, you really look. He's like he's very slight and slender. He's maybe he's tall. He's about five eleven, but. You could, any one of you three could break him over your knee very easily. Fair. I will elect not to bring this up to Ashal. I will, however. He's aware. I will, however, just ask him if it's okay, we would like to take you up on your offer of finding a guide for us. Oh, yeah. If you'd like, we can also keep an eye out for any wild animals that we pass. Well, I'm not exactly that fussed or frightened of them. I'm used to this area. Did you have your things? I can take you to our camp. I carry very little with me, my friend. I'm all good to go. I've got a few items to grab from my room and I'll be ready. Mm, me too. I quickly just down what's left of my ale and head off. I travel. I, I don't keep much with me. The only thing that I really have is all of my papers, which I keep in my rucksack. So I'm, yeah, cool. I'm fine to go. And you would have, you know, scroll casings and everything. Yeah. Plus, I'm, I'm known here, so I'm known here so much that I tend to... I tend to be able to get what I need from this town without much trouble. Yeah. Yep. I will get my mole and sling it over my shoulder. Okay. You walk downstairs, and none of you really noticed that this morning, um, that there was a giant mole twice the size of this old woman. Mm-hmm. I might have noticed it, but if Kodak had noticed it, he probably would have just assumed that it belonged to the giant man in the room, not this tiny grandma. And she just walks downstairs with it slung over her shoulder, and everyone just kind of stops. Oh my goodness, that belongs to you, my dear? Yes, isn't it beautiful? It's, it's a- majestic, and I just look at it, I'm like... <laughs> it certainly is, but what on earth do you use it for? Um, well, for minding my own business. Okay. I, I love that. I love that response. And just... Tr- considering that Aaron was convinced that it was an outsider that was killing all of those people, try not to make it too obvious that you know how to use that thing. I don't think that this is going to leave people in a ripped up condition. More me who comes down with my spear and a small hand axe and I'm trying to hide under my belt. Just I have like I am armed with a hand axe, but due to my size, it looks like a it looks very small. It's like a child's toy in your hand. I also have some daggers that are strapped to my legs, but you can't see them. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm just Yet. thinking of Yzma in Edipus' new groom, oh, and she's got my. the dagger hidden under her, of her dress. And we're not having that. <laughs> um, was there anything that you wanted to do in the tavern before you left for the day? Uh, do we know how far the camp is? Ishal hasn't said, and as you look say, around, he's gone. I was going to say goodbye to Ishal, but he's obviously going with us. Yeah. I will leave a copper piece on the in on the encounter for the bartender, the okay. keeper, and just... Just as my way of saying, thank you for your hospitality. Go well, travel well, friend. A, a copper piece? I, still, uh, I don't know how much gold I have on me. How much, I've got 20 gold pieces. I'll, I'll leave a gold piece. Okay. I'm assuming that will be enough to cover three breakfasts right. plus a hearty tin. Yeah. I'm going to get some snacks for the trip. Mm, some supplies. Exactly. I don't need to eat a lot. Okay. Um, supplies you wouldn't be able to get here, but you would be able to get them from the general store, so you can do that quite well. 
Um, so you go outside and did you want to meet up with Hachal first or were you going to you know, get any preparations that you need? You're already quite well prepared. You have all traveled a fairly long way. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm well to go whenever. So if you guys would like to get anywheres or anything before we leave, I can tell Hachal that you both are on your way. Um, yeah, I look around, would never hurt, just for a few things. My back might need some repairs. No, certainly. Nothing too big. Yeah, I'll go into the general store. Okay. I know this place like the back of my head, so I'll, I'll see you, I'll see you when you're done. Okay. Yep. Uh, and with that, we'll cut to another break real quick.
So you all make your way out um, towards the general store with this Leonette leading the way. Yes, just because I know where I'm going. Yeah, of course. It's it's not that far. Um, Come with me, friends. It is maybe about a couple minutes walk. You can see it, but it's small, like most things, made of wood. Um, and as you walk in, an older lady walks out, and she's a little bit shorter than Katya, which is impressive for a human woman. Um She's bowed over, walking on a stick and kind of hobbling. She's like, oi, out of the way. I've got places to be. Presumably, Leonette would know this lady because he's been here for three years. Yeah, this what is, is Auntie Wicklow. Hi, Auntie Wicklow. How are you doing today? Oh, what are you doing back? Oh, you know me. We're just trying to get some supplies so we can be on our way. We've got places to be and things to do. Mm. So don't worry. You won't be seeing me around much longer. Oh, I don't care. You give that old bastard will run for his money at the church. Which bastard would that be? Oh, bloody Father Dornan. And she's, like, she's still walking as she's saying this. She looks ancient. What on earth do you mean I give him a run for his money? You've met the man, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Are you saying I'm unpleasant to be around, Auntie Wicklow? I say this, like, half-joking, like, as if I'm just being bantery. <laughs> She laughs and she wheezes a bit as she laughs. I will then just note, no, just sort of talk, like just gesture to my companions, just be like, for reference, I am known to be rather horrific when it comes to social situations. My apologies for any confusion that may come up. Not a problem. <laughs> she kind of she stares at the three of you, and you notice that. Her skin is wizened and and old and lined with age, but her eyes are bright and sharp, and she is staring into each of you. You have beautiful eyes, Auntie Wicklow. <laughs> you be careful there, Sonny, or I'll start to think you're wanting to marry me again. Again? Again? Look, it's a long story. I've been here my whole life. There's people coming and going. Everybody wants a piece of Auntie Wicklow. Oh, I, you know, you know me, Auntie Wicklow. It's just, oh, if 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 you were thirty, if you were three hundred years younger, eh? <laughs> Would you like a cough lolly, Auntie Wicklow? No. You shut up. There's nothing wrong with me. No, you're the pinnacle of health, aren't you? Surprisingly, yes. My, and this point, is getting increasingly frustrated, like, not frustrated, but more flustered, because, you yeah. know, socialising, I've just yeah. been apparently told I wanted to marry this woman, so he's a little bit freaked out, and he sort of just gestures and says, my two um, <clears throat> travelling companions would like to get some supplies for the road, if that's okay, Auntie Wicklow. Mm. Well, you know, I don't own this store. She, at this point, she turns to, um, she turns to Kodak, and for a, Woman her age, the way she moves is surprisingly quick, and she reaches out, lightning fast, and grabs your arm, and just pulls it out from under your cloak, and turns it over, and is staring at your tattoo. Oh, this. Uh, would you believe family heirloom? <laughs> Ironback Forest, right? That is correct. Uh, is it Aunt Wicklow? Yeah. Yes, that is that is correct. <laughs> 
You know, I knew a man from the Ironback Forest. Oh, it been, what, 50 years ago now. Boar man, very nice. Have we come in all shapes and sizes in the Ironback Woods? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <sighs> Have you changed yet? Oh, <laughs> this is chat for another time. Um, I'm waiting for my first transformation. <laughs> a bit of a late bloomer, you see. It'll come sooner than you think, methinks. I hope so, but I'm not quite sure how it will go. It'll be interesting. Yeah. My family has a long history. Leonid is regarding... Kodak with newfound intrigue and a little bit of curiosity, mm-hmm. mixed mm-hmm. with a little bit of concern. Kati is also listening very intently, making yeah. mental notes to ask questions later. Auntie Wicklow, she hasn't quite, like, she smiled at you, but now after that, she just kind of, nah, she's done with Kodak. She turns and she goes, Now you, you know. Birds of a feather, you and I, you better keep these young men in check, you hear? Don't no, let them walk all over you. Huh. It's been many years since a man walked anywhere near me. <laughs> right. Toodaloo! And then she just walks off, like hunched over. Strange woman, that one. She's a character. Don't worry, you do get used to her. Hmm. Can't say I've ever wanted to marry her, though. I Still a little bit shocked she knew about the relevance of my tattoos, but am I... Is that something we can know about, Kodak, out of curiosity? So it's... It's a family thing. So members of my tribe would get a tattoo that explains essentially the origins of our family line, let's say. And you can see it's almost like a Celtic knot, but it goes from the picture of a human with a bear overlaid out in the background... Okay. And it is, would we know what it's symbolic of or not? You have absolutely no idea. Like, you're flabbergasted that Arnie Wicklow even knows. Sure. You know, you know, there are wild men who live in the Ironback Forest, but they don't really venture out of it. I'm surprised Arnie Wicklow knew about the Ironback Forest, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. As am I, especially the tattoo. I tried to keep it hidden. Well, she is a perceptive one. I'm a little bit more intrigued that she seems to have a lot in common with Katya over there. We'll have to uh, share ink stories one day. Mm, just be careful. She likes to chat, doesn't she, Wicklow? I, I meant I'm sure Kodak. we'll run into her. Again. myself. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> yes, perhaps we'll sit down over an ale or six and exchange our stories. Way, six sounds good to me. The way this lady puts the milk, I reckon she'll drink you under the table. Huh. Quite possibly, and I just look it down at her and my just in awe of her performance earlier. <laughs> I'll just wink and shuffle into the <laughs> shop. <laughs> uh, where is the where is the shopkeeper? He should be around here somewhere. Uh, there is an older woman. Um, her name is Colleen. She is uh, one half of the couple who runs this store. Uh, she's got short curly hair. She looks in late seventies. What can I get for you folks? I defer to my companions. They're looking for a few things to keep them supplied. We're going on we're, we're, we're going on some travels. Salted meats and old cheese if you have it. I can do that. Um, how many days? 
That is a fantastic question. Mm. Let's start with a week. I know, one week's worth of salted meat and cheese for you. And you over there, young man, what can I get for you? Um, do you happen to have any healer's kits by any chance? Just general first aid. We're about to go on a trek. We don't know if we're going to need it, but I'd rather have it and not need it mm. than need it and not have it. You know, we might have one, but the best bet would be Arnie Wicklow, but she has just left. Um... Ah, yes, interesting woman. Just met her on the way in. Very, very strange old lady. Unlikely to get anything out of her for the rest of the day, though. Why is that? It's her nap time. Oh, yes. Mm. That tends to happen when you reach a few mm. centuries. Hey. Yes. You even a little slap across the leg. I mean that with it the like, best of... It actually hurts a little bit. <laughs> wow. Uh, that wouldn't be right. I woke my grand once. Never again. <laughs> that, yeah, that, I would, that wouldn't be so much painful. More just I would take note of how impactful that was. Yeah. Although it is like slapping stone when you slap his leg. Discreetly shake my hand. <laughs> so I've got a week's worth of rations and... Healer's kit. I'll see what I can rummage up. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You wouldn't happen, just well, just because I noticed I'm running a little bit low, you wouldn't happen to have any ink and parchment, would you? Maybe a little. Not that much. If you've got anything you can spare would be greatly appreciated. I just don't want to run short, that's all. Yeah, of course. The uh, flame constantly needs tending, as you know. Hmm. She just kind of scoffs at that. Um, she goes out and she comes back and you've got your rations. That'll cost you about... No, oh, what is it? I believe it's about... Two silver? Five silver. Mm. This is for that. No problem. And you wanted a heals kit, Kodak? Yes, please. Can't that would be too, too costly. Mm-hmm. That'll be 50 gold pieces, please. I think it's more like 10 silver. I'll just double check that. Uh, your inks, uh, it is 10 gold pieces for a healer's kit. 10? Yep. How much money do we all have out of curiosity? I kind of like look and like opens it, and you can almost see, like, a moth fly out of his shawl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to a t- total of 19 after my generous tip earlier. Yeah, you can get, like, ink. Ink and parchment is the most expensive mm. outside of the healer's kit. Is there any chance you'll give it to me for eight gold pieces? Roll persuasion. <laughs> That's a flat too, so I don't think. Nice try, Sonny, but these are expensive. Well, Mitch. That is very fair. Hold on, hold on. If we're going to be travelling for a little while, we might as well. We might as well. We might. We might as well keep an eye on each other, and I'll just proffer him two gold pieces. Okay. Bless. I will remember this. Speak <laughs> nothing of it, friend. And then I give her ten gold pieces. Okay. So you've got your healer's kit and. You've lost 10 gold. And parchment and ink, how much did you want? I only need to top up my supplies, so maybe 
a, a roll of parchment in the little inkwell. Yeah, so that'll cost you like two gold. Sure. Yeah. So I give two golds, so that means I'm down to 15 gold, one to the innkeeper, two to Kodak, and two for that. That's yep. cool. Just Keep an eye on the make a note of that if you've got something, because yeah, I'm not going to remember. No, that's <laughs> cool. So you're now down to zero, right? You're broke now? I have 97 copper pieces, and that's okay, it. Okay, cool. I'll flick you another gold piece just to keep you afloat. You also lost your pet moth. I beg your pardon? He lost his pet moth. Timothy, he's gone. Timothy, oh my sweet god. That hurts me. It's okay. He'll he'll be back soon enough. He always, for some reason, manages to find me. He's a homing moth. Are you sure it's not just many different moths rather than just the one? I haven't thought it polite to ask. But it does tend to appear quite regularly. One of modest, one of modest means, I see, sir. Mm, sometimes. Yeah. How about you, Katia? What's your financial situation, if you don't mind my asking? I do mind your asking. Okie dokie, then. Moving <laughs> on. There are two things you never ask a woman, her age and her financials. What was her age and her weight? Okay, three things. Okay. Moving on. Um... Anything else that you folks wanted to get from the general store, or would you be heading back to a shell by now? I'm ready to head back to a shell. Heading back. Heading back. Okay. And as you head back, we will cut to a quick break. We will be right back. As you arrive back at the tavern, you see Ashal near the shaggy pony that you saw earlier. Is he yours? Oh, aye, she is, yes. She's beautiful. She snorts as you get close to her. You see me already sticking my hand out to try and pat the pony. Um, <laughs> can you make me a deck save? Yes, yes I can. 
That's never good. When the DM says make me a save. So no, you it's a sixteen. That's good. Oh thank you. Um you put your hand out and she bears her teeth and lunges forward to bite. But you, you quickly snatch your hand back and um Eshal just kind of slaps her rump and says, Fern, don't be mean, they're friends. I see they're that kind of pony. Oh yeah, she's a little bit of a um A little bit moody. Hey, just a tad. She she doesn't like strangers. That's understandable. That being said, um you're all set, you're ready? Where are we to go when you up into Ashan? Wonderful. Uh if you've got packs, just pile them onto Fern, she can double as our as our uh... Cargo. That's the word. It's been a long day. I will gently place my pack onto Fern and give her a reassuring stroke. How close to her mouth are you stroking? I'm not. I'm like stroke like I put the pack over her side, so I'm sort of just like patting and like mm. She flicks her mane and just it kind of hits you in the face a little bit. Oh, it's okay. You'll get used to us. She snorts in. She's definitely not. <laughs> you meant to say she snorts in horse. Like, like, <laughs> well, only one person here speaks horse, but. Okay, cool. <laughs> ten bucks says it's. It's, it's got you. I was about to say ten bucks says it's Auntie Wickler. Anyway. I mean, it's Auntie Wickler. You never know. <laughs> I'll uh, give the horse a warning look and point to my eyes, and then it did. You come to an understanding. <laughs> I'm getting, like, the ta- the horse from Tangled vibes from Fern right now. A little bit. So you've all got your packs on Fern, and she's, uh, you notice she has snowshoes attached to her hooves, um, oh. and she's does not look to be very pleased with that. They're specially designed for a horse's feet. Um, you get the feeling it's not really important right now because there's not much snow, but as you head further into the mountains, you will encounter some. Hey, Sean, do we, do, does Fern need to have the shoes on before we get to the snow? Trust me, it's a lot easier if you put them on now and she gets used to them than if you try and put them on when it's actually snowing. No, that's fair enough. Sorry, Fern, I did my best, love. Ashal laughs at that and then just takes her reins and just shoulders his pack. All right. Come on then, we'll make sure that she's still there, otherwise, well, you're out of luck. Well, let's be off. Alright, and he leads you out of the town, and it's not a big town, it very quickly falls away to just a simple wooden road, um, dirt road, not wooden road. There's snow drifts, there's, it's a little bit muddy, there's not much grass, um, and you don't see many signs of animals. A bit up ahead, you can see the landslide that you were told had occurred during the night. And it is quite extreme. It looks like it would take two weeks to clear. And by then, the pass will be closed anyway, because you'll be in winter. Goodness gracious me, I haven't seen one this bad in quite some time. This is a first for me also. It's quite bad. The worst I've ever seen. Mm. I'm a little bit... Well, let's just hope it was bad weather that caused this. What's that supposed to mean? Do we see any tracks leading up to it? Has anyone tried to leave prior to the landslide? Roll survival for me. 
So that's a nat one. <laughs> that is oh, a nat one. Even with a plus five. We've come to our first nat one. It's only the first <laughs> session. That's terrific. To be to fair, be there are luck. no critical fails yeah. on skill checks. Yeah, so because oh, we're not in an encounter, so yeah. you're fine. So it's a six with my modifier. Yeah. I got thirteen, and I believe with my modifier that is still thirteen. But I will double check. Sixteen. You've got oh. a plus three. Oh hell yeah! Beautiful. I got three. Yeah, none of you see any tracks. It looks like this was a natural occurrence. I, I found tracks just pointed out. <laughs> was that meant to be a joke, friend? Yes. Oh, well. Poorly timed, but yes. No, that's okay. I just didn't know if you were just joking or simple. Yes. I thought you will wheeze out a laugh. <laughs> the, um, no, don't don't be too alarmed. It's just I've, I've, I know there are fairly big animals that roam these mountains, and theoretically one of them might have caused this, but it's reassuring it doesn't look like they have. One of them might have caused this? Well, don't, I've never exactly seen them, but I know there's rather big things lurking in these mountains. I oh. can confirm there are big things roaming these mountains. I'm not talking about us, Kodak. Fair. <laughs> you ooh, um, roll either nature or history for me here. My history's plus four, so I'm going with that. Your nature's also plus four, dude. Oh. Well, we've got nine, so 13 in a way. I've also got a 13. Cool. I got a 19. Ah, score one to the handy granny. So, you guys, uh, Leoness and Kodak, you kind of know the stories, like. The Alamar mountain range, the mountain range that you are on currently, is rumoured to be haunted and stalked by strange beasts. Um, Katya has actually seen one. At one point when she was younger, a trapper from Athar was travelling through Aednos and stopped in Avonlea, and he had with him what looked like a wolf but was three times the size and had like spikes growing out of its back would you would she willingly share this information with us whatever's out there you don't want to come across it at night that's very fair that's one thing you don't want to do up here is fight in the dark you also don't want to come across it during the day because then you can see yourself die. She's not wrong. They're, they're not very pleasant things out here. Anyway, we're going up here. Any points at okay. what okay. does not look like a track? How capable are you of fighting, Charlotte? Good enough. And he pats a, a long sword at his side. Just, just, just good to know we've um we just good to know we won't be stranded out here to die if any wild animal attacks us. Oh, I'm just here to take you to the guide. You're on your own after that. I just chuck like a side eye look at Kopya's massive maw. I think you'll be fine. There, um, that, um, I don't mean to, 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 to question you, but these don't look like tracks. No. Okay. But I know where I'm going. Just so. Checking. And Ashal and Fern are quite easily able to, like, the way Fern moves is more like a, a goat, even with the snowshoe strap. So she is easily picking her way up this mountainside, this very steep, very steep track. Where did she get her from, Sean? She's absolutely magnificent. 
You would recognize like, she's an Athfar pony. Oh, she yeah, is sure. from this area, like she's bred for this area. Who did you buy fern off, Ash- uh, Ashar? She is magnificent. I don't, don't really know. I just had her since. Well, I found her as a foal. I'd love a pony, Minnie. I don't think you're going to be able to find a pony or a horse that's quite going to be. My able brain's to... just burning out, trying to work out how big a horse would have to be <laughs> for the Goliath I'd, to ride it around. I'd chuckle and I said, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ride her more just for company to use her like you were using fur. I I ride her more often than not, but this is just easier right now. Well, I'm not going to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ride a pony. I would crush the poor thing. You're not wrong there. And as you trek, can I get people to make a athletics check? Eighteen plus or minus whatever my athletics score is. Ten. Eighteen plus six. Twenty-four. Heavens to Betsy. Nine. Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leonet is fine. He is built for these conditions. This is his home. He hasn't been here for a, a number of years, a very long time. But he is still... This is natural to him, and he's able to easily clamber over these rocks and this snow and avoid crevasses, and he is pretty much leading the pack. He's he's not... He hasn't taken the lead in front of Ashal because Ashal knows the way, but he is keeping pace quite easily. Um, Kodak is having some trouble. You've kind of got to almost go on all fours. It's a little bit easier at that point. And you're, you've fallen behind a little bit, but you're still making your way. Katsuri is having to stop like every 10 minutes to just catch her breath. This is, it's cold. She's old. (laughs) She has a really heavy maul. She's struggling a bit. I turn to Katsuri and I say, Forgive me, I don't mean to seem condescending, but if it would be easier for you, I am more than happy to carry Pick me up! What'd she say? Pick me up! I will gently allow her to climb on my shoulders. Oh, thank you. So I picture, like, it's like a dad with his three-year-old, like, on his shoulders sort of thing. Maybe on your back, on your shoulders, you'll be way too top-heavy and you'll just go... <laughs> okay, like on a shoulders it is then. Oh, I'm feeling every one of my ears. You doing okay up there? Ah, oh, Yes. The rest is much appreciated. I wouldn't like, given my size, I wouldn't. It wouldn't like have any difficulty to me, would it? Having her on my back. Um, because you're carrying the extra weight, and you're not just carrying the extra weight of Katya, you're also carrying the extra weight of a mall. Sure. Um, any athletics checks that you need to make in the future will be made at disadvantage. That's okay. It's worth it to give Katya a rest. Thank you. Ishal, he's stopped, and he looks back and he goes, Are you all right? We're, we're good to continue? It's not far now. No, it's okay. I'm fine. I don't, I, I don't We're getting there. We're getting Can you see a little thumbs up appear yeah. from over, <laughs> from <above>. over the <laughs> shoulder? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he grins at that, nods, and keeps going, and leads you around a corner of a cliffside, onto this large, flat, open plateau looking over a glacial mountain lake. And there's a small cave in the uh, in the mountainside, and you can, you're can you beginning to smell a little bit of smoke and a little bit of cooking meat. Oh, that does smell And good. you don't quite see anyone. It's been about an hour or two at this point, the, the trek. And um, 
you notice movement as you approach and out of the cave walks a tabaxi, a cat person who has a very long, bushy, thick tail, white fur with grey spots, almost like a, a, a snowy leopard. Um, and they are dressed in thick furs and leather. And they hold up their hand as you approach, kind of looking to see if they know you and recognises Eshal. And with that, we'll jump to another song. You will be right back here on Dungeons and Airways. Watching you play your favorite song Shutters down, headphones on I want the world to know my pain You play a cold game Wounded soul by poor tears I whisper your name so no one hears I let you mirror all I feel I play a slow game I could use a little more than silence Just free words that echo in my heart I could use a little more than silence Silence i 
and we're back. And as our party arrives, uh, this tabaxi person has recognized Ashal as a friend, um, and they bound up a little bit suspicious and a little bit wary. Um, They are not used to seeing this many people at once. And Ashal um, kind of points over his shoulder and goes, "I look. I I know you're you you're meant to be moving on soon, but um, these three have urgent business in Athfar, and I know you know the the safest and the fastest way through the mountains." I just kind of wave, like not really sure how they're going to take our presence. I'm just like, they're not like they're not hostile. I smile. I'll shimmy up his back a little bit more just to peep over. <laughs> oh, there, there's another one. Oh, okay, that's um, that's disconcerting. You, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not used to people like you. Where do you need to go? We are headed to meet with Sir Aaron. Athra, I believe, if that's the name of the place. If I'm confused, my bad. I, I don't know, sir. I don't know, sir. Or, but you you need to go to Athfar. I can take you to the border. That would be much oh, appreciated. More than enough. Thank you. Please forgive me. Um, uh, please just ignore, um, this lovely old lady in my back. She was just a little tired. Oh, it's fine. You and still okay up there? Okay. Yeah. I'll, like, shimmy down now and brush myself off. Yeah, you're, like, it's like shimmying down a tree trunk. He's very tall. Yes. I smile. Oh, okay, um, well, well, I'm about to leave right now. I've packed. Are are you ready? Ready when you are. Up I go. (laughs) Okay, um... She, like, looks at a shawl who nods and is like, thank, thank you so much. Look, not really what I wanted to cash in like that favor for, but, um, I guess you'll owe me one. Or I'll, I'll owe you one this time. Technically, wouldn't we owe you one? I mean, if the three of you want to be indebted to me, then that's completely fine. I would love to call on a favor at some point. I can't speak on these two, but... Consider me in your service at some point or another. All right. Assuming we survive. I'm sure you will. It's there's. There are worse things out here than some wild animals. And he holds out his hand to Kodak. And I hold mine out. I go a bit too far for his hand and kind of grab his forearm. Okay. He rolls with it and he grasps your forearm in response. And his grip is surprisingly strong for a man that slight. And just to surprise him, I want to say good luck in Elvish. Just to kind of throw him off. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Good luck to you as well. And he replies in Elvish. And then he uh, takes your packs off of Fern and mounts up and is on his way. I salute him. I just kind of waves. Yeah. I'll nod and pick up my pack. Okay. Right, um, okay. 
I am... Oh, wait, no, you don't. You don't speak to Baxi. In your language, I think it's dewdrops on grass. But you can just call me Do. Do? Like Dew. D-E-W. Well met, Dew. I love Dew. I'm Kodak. I'm Leonid. It is a pleasure. I'm Katya. Thank you. We should be off. There might be a storm later tonight, and it'll take a couple of days to reach the border. We'd best be on our way, then. Thank you so much for this service. We appreciate it. Oh, it's all right. I'm going in that way anyway. Although, it's odd. Shouldn't you kind of know this area? I do, but think of it more as, well, trust building in a way for these two. Hmm. We're new to the area. Very new. Yes, I can tell. And she, she's like looking at Leonette really curiously. You know, I've never seen a man like you dressed in that garb before. Yes, it's a bit I, odd. It's a very, it would be a very rare sight. I, uh, I, I don't live with who I used to anymore. Interesting. Okay. And she's has no interest in questioning further. It's not her business. She's been. If she's hired to take you somewhere. She's not interested in interrogating you. Just fit and fear not. I am also a lot more. I am. I am a lot more learned and. Pl- and polite than a lot of people like me. Oh, I'm not worried about that. Wonderful. And she ducks into her cave real quick and grabs her pack and she travels quite light. Uh, She's got a walking stick. Just in case we need to check the ice every now and then. And she starts to lead you down the other side of this plateau. And you can see it looks out onto this glacial lake that you saw earlier. And there's these faint, faint, faint snowflakes starting to fall. Uh, The sky is cloudy but not stormy and you can see the mountains and the hills spreading out in front of you and it's really beautiful the sun is shining off of the light and the ice and you see the odd rainbow here and there as it's refracted through the um the ice droplets and the water in the sky and it's a lot easier going heading down than it is heading up um you are moving with gravity you do slip and slide every so often because the snow is starting to melt in places and that's makes it a bit hard to get your footing. It is truly beautiful, isn't it? It's been a long time since I've seen this. I think the last time I saw a sight like this, I was but a boy. I'll just lean, lean towards Kodak and um, sigh contentedly as we look. It's... it's yeah, it's completely different to every anything you've ever seen before, Katya. You you live on a very large lake, and the Ironback Forest is behind your town, but this is completely different. Mm. I do no. miss it sometimes. What was your home like? It was... I imagine very cold, <laughs> even your people. Very, very cold. We moved around a lot, but we did... We frequented 
in environments like this more often than not. So this is something that this is something that I remember from from my childhood, and I'd forgotten just how beautiful it really was. Must be some fond memories to look back on. Very fond in some ways, and a lot of regrets in others. But very, 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 very happy whenever I'm lucky enough to come across a site like this. But you are right; it was a very cold, very cold environment. But we never stayed in the same place for too long. No, it's fair. Always on the move. I do completely understand that. Always on the move. Never in one place for too long. Leon, um, I will just take Leonette's hand as we walk. I smile and <laughs> I return. I return the favor, but like I can imagine my hand like just completely envelops. It's a little bit like a baby holding someone's finger. Your hand is just completely dwarfed by this yes. Goliath's hand. I appreciate the comforting gesture, though, and I'm very happy. Hmm. So, as you walk, it starts to get a little bit harder, a little bit more difficult. Um, Dewdrop is she's trying to take you on an easier route, but the fastest one is not necessarily the easiest. Sure. Um, and can I get everyone to make a perception check as we go? That would be a 13. Mm-hmm. That would be an 18. Yep. 16. All right, so with the exception of Kodak, everyone feels this kind of prickling down the back of their neck like they're being watched. But as you look around, you can't see anything. Um, do you? Hmm. Do you feel that? I do. I find it's easier if you don't pay attention to it. Okay. Just wanted to make sure we're not in any danger. Oh, we absolutely are. But you don't have to worry about it just yet. Um, Um, excuse me? (laughs) You you know the stories of the the Alamar Mountains and Athfar, right? I was trying not to mention it, but yes... Ghosts and creatures and whites and all manner of restless dead haunt these hills and mountains. And sometimes, if you're not careful, they follow you. Right, so the the dead... It's more than... Like, this is a fact. Living in halfway... At night, you've heard strange howls that aren't wolves. You've heard cries. Oh, yeah, I know. I was more trying to, like, gloss it over for the sake of Cartier and Kodak. I've seen one of these. I know exactly what's out here. Well, it was worth a try. I'll uh, squeeze his hand lightly and say, don't worry, I'll take care of you. I chuckle internally, but I smile smile gratefully at Cartier. Even just hearing that, Kodak has like a grin starting to form across his face. Kodak has designated Katya Grandma. <laughs> but there, there is no. Um, you can, you still you can't see anything. This feeling of being watched continues on, and it's this deep, disquieting discomfort that settles into your bones like the cold. Uh. 
and then it stops and it's getting late now you've been walking for close to four or five hours um and the snow is starting to get a little bit thicker and dewdrop sets her pack down and says this is probably the best place to stop for the night um we can continue on in the morning it's only a couple more days you're the boss mm. You know what you're doing. You know okay. the area. I'm taking your word for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can, I can attest. You are absolutely spot on. It's probably best to best to pause now. Yeah. Okay. And um, so she sets her pack down and she uses her stuff and she clears the area of snow and starts to set up a small tent and a fire. I will. Pack, thing, pack my, just place my pack down and sort of get myself just settled in. It's like on my, just sort of comforted, sitting down and just going over some more papers. Okay. First thing I do is get onto a fire. Right. All right. You can do that. No problem. And it springs to life and you're immediately just comforted by the warmth that it provides mm. and Casual. the safety. We'll flop down next to the fire with a long groan. Oh, finally I can rest these old bones. I chuckle, and I'll just say, I keep forgetting that not everyone is as acclimatised and as inclined towards the cold as I am. You see me just rubbing my hands and holding them towards the fire. When I was your age, oh, the adventures I had. I'd love to hear about them one day. Mm, One day. I'm sure you Perhaps know. somewhere a little bit warmer. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Oh, goodness me, I can only imagine the things you must have gotten up to, Gothia. <laughs> you have no idea. How many of them involved that mall of yours? Uh, most of them. I will not lie. I am so curious and slightly terrified by you, Gothia. Oh. <laughs> Anyone would think you were flirting. Oh, goodness me, it's Auntie Wicklow all over again. <laughs> the she mention said of Auntie they Wicklow. were birds of a feather. Mm. After hearing Auntie Wicklow's name, I just kind of, like, shuffle <laughs> ever so slightly. Upon, like, hearing upon hearing that from God, yeah, I'll just sort of, <clears throat> like, clean my throat and sort of just shuffle awkwardly because I don't know how to respond to that. So as you're uh, settling down for the evening... Uh, Dewdrop pulls out just some some rations. She's not sharing. She only has enough for herself. Um, but she sits down. Her tail's just wrapped around in front of her, sitting on her lap. So, um, forgive my asking. Why are you all going to Athfa? Well, well, you see, we got these flies and I produce the fire that I've gotten. She takes it... Um, looks at it and hands it back but she doesn't say anything should I be concerned I can't read uh, <laughs> my apologies I, I just I didn't mean to just assume that you could apologies <laughs> like sincerest apologies no harm done no no offense <laughs> taken there's just a little bit of awkward silence I, we are, we have, the flyer that you just, um, 
that you just that you just saw. We it it is an advertisement from someone called Sir Aram, and he's looking for some adventurers who are seeking coins. So we all thought we would take him up on the offer, and that's where we're headed. We're looking to try and grab a hold of him and see what he's after. We didn't know each other before this, though. We just happened to meet at the same place, and given that we are sharing the same goal, we all thought we should travel together. There is safety in numbers, particularly with what I've been told about passing through here. Especially if one of us has an enormous mole. (laughs) But this this Sir Aurum, you know nothing about him? I know very little of him. Besides his name, I, I don't even know what he looks like. Have you heard of him before, Kokia? Only what I've seen on the flyer. He is a stranger to me as well, which is quite bizarre. There's, there are a few people who I am not aware of. Leonard actually knows a little bit about Sir Orem. Well, scratch what I just said. <laughs> it was in the handout, I guess. Yeah, you. no, I know I am. I unfortunately uh, forgot that part. Okay. So, yeah, um, I'll just say the that... The extent of the knowledge that Leonard has of Sir Orem is that he is... A collector of magical items and rare scrolls. So, from what I am... the I do not know much about the man, which is enough to pique my curiosity, because that is, that, is, that is uncommon, but I am aware that he likes to collect magical artifacts, and he's quite the collector of scrolls, too. I have a bit of a hunch he needs us to fetch something for him. Hmm. I'm inclined to believe... Like, I'm inclined to believe you, given what you've just told me. There are people like that, collectors all over the world. I'm glad it's just magical items, but there's few rarities around that people will pay good money for. Mm. Dewdrop nods, um, and as you fall into just relaxed silence, we'll go ahead and take another song break, and we'll be right back.
And we're back. And night has started to fall. It's a lot quieter now. You've had your dinner. And Dewdrop has set up a tent. She's only got the one, um, but you should all have your own tents in your packs. And it's circled out around the fire. I tend to just sleep out in the open and just with a bed roll. Okay. Have fun freezing. <laughs> uh, no, you have resistance to cold. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and you drop suggests at this point that everyone should take a watch. I'll take first watch. I'll take second. I'll go whenever, I'll go whenever you guys need me to. I'm happy to take third. Okay, I'll take last. So, Dewdrop, Leonette, and Kodak crawl into their tents and bundle up, and it's it's quite cold now, now that night has fallen. Um, but you manage, you know, you kind of huddle for warmth. And can I get Katya to please roll Perception? 13. 13. You see a few shapes moving night animals but they don't really bother you at some point you do see a very dark silhouette flying through the sky you know eclipsing the stars that are there and then it disappears and your watch passes uneventfully and you wake up the next person we'll wake up kodak you can little shake your watch. Oh, thank you. Um, still kind of half drowsy. Get up and start taking my watch. Um, mm. fifteen for perception. Fifteen for perception. Does dark vision help. Ah, uh, yeah. Roll with advantage for dark vision. Perfect. Okay, cool. Take my fifteen. Take the fifteen. You see something moving just out of your actual line of sight. You have very good vision at night, but it only extends so far and just on the cusp of where you can no longer make things out, you see this shape. And it's prowling and it's walking in a circle and the wind starts to howl louder and louder. And then all of a sudden with this massive gust and this unearthly howl, the fire is extinguished. Radio, time to get everyone up, 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 and starts going and trying to wake everyone up. Like, there's something out there. Is there a problem? Potentially, the fire is out. Did you see? What else did you see? Um, there's a large mass moving out just beyond my field of vision. I will get up, alert, and do I have? I don't have like far vision or anything, do I? Like I wouldn't get to see more than what Kodak could. I don't think I would. You have the light cantrip, so you can cast that if you need to. Okay. Um, you do not have dark vision, though, I believe. I could make it lighter, but I'm hesitant to in case it draws something's attention to us. That's very fair. That is very fair indeed. Um, should we wake up, Gautier? I would already be awake. Okay. Um, I will stand with my uh, back to you guys, keeping an eye on the other side of the clearing. Yep, Dewdrop is awake and alert as well. We may have a slight issue. Be on your guard. I'm going to be facing the direction of the shape that I saw. Okay. 
already got my spear ready to go, just in case. It's eerily quiet. All you really hear and feel is the wind whispering and brushing past you, and it's much colder now. Okay. And you can't you can't see very well, but you can see a shape that's getting closer and closer, and it is large. It well, is larger than anything you've ever seen before. It looks like it already knows we're here. Might be a good idea to find out exactly what we're up against. Might as well, but I'd get onto it. It's getting closer. I at, the, at that I cast the light, the light cantrip. Okay. And aim it. I believe it's something where. Uh, it's like an it's a ball of light that you can throw, is it, or is it more just... You touch one object that is no larger than 10 feet in any dimension until the spell ends. The object sheds bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light for an additional 20 feet. Okay, cool. I will just, like, pick up, like, maybe a, one of the, like, the burned rocks from the fire pit or something. Yeah, or you could cast it on, like, a weapon. Cast it on the head of Katya's small... Oh, actually, yeah, that's a really good idea. Excuse me, Katya, I promise this won't do any damage, and I'll cast it on the head of the maul. Yeah, and your maul flares with this bright light. Point it, point it at the shape. <laughs> I will swing it around to uh, cast light into the shadows. Yeah, and as you swing it around, the shadows move in ways that shadows really shouldn't move. Ooh. And that figure pulls back until it's out of the light. Oh, someone doesn't like the light. But you can see it a bit clearer now, and it's got these two burning red eyes like coals. Oh. And it's staring right at you. But it's not moving. It's just sitting there, watching and waiting. Leave us, and we'll leave you. I don't think it's a, a negotiator. Well, it's always better to start with that. Is there any chance mm. I can re-attempt to light our fire? Yep. I will it's, attempt to do so. It's not really... It's not coming towards you. Whatever this thing is, it is not approaching. But it is... It knows you're there. It knows where you can't see it. And it's just waiting there in the shadows. Well, actually, I'm going to go in my explorer's kit and pull out a torch and start okay. lighting that instead. Yeah, you can light that. Thank you. It doesn't really add much light, no. but it it makes you feel better. I'm just keeping my eyes focused straight at the two red glowing eyes. Okay. Can you make me a wisdom saving throw? What's my bonus for wisdom? Uh, your saving throw is a plus five. Oh, hell yeah, so that's a 19. Okay. You save, but looking into its eyes, you feel this fear wash over you but you I, shrug it off i will yeah i just sort of shrug it off and just i size so i i don't break like eyesight with it but i sort of just sort of aim my so i rather than look directly at it i'm sort of looking just slightly above its size but still very much eye contact with it yeah last time a granny and a wolf were in a story together it didn't end so well for the granny <laughs> <laughs> I love your mirth, Gotya. Well, let's hope it ends well for us tonight, shall we? It isn't moving. It hasn't attacked. Yet. Yet. 
I should we look at potentially moving from this spot? As long as we stay close together. Well, I'm suggesting that all four of us splitting up and going in different directions would not be the wisest idea right now. No, that's true. No. But at least if we can get somewhere, maybe find some shelter, somewhere we can hold up the night. As opposed to being out here, potentially exposed to not just this, but anything else that might wander across us. I was going to say, we're achieving nothing by standing here. Well, Mm. do you know the area best? (coughs) There's... There's not much around. It's... There's no caves, and even if there were, they would most likely be inhabited. Well, what are the trees like? There are a few pine trees. Um, Can you roll me nature? 100%. That would be... 13. There are pine trees around. Um, Their boughs are heavy with snow and the only person who could really easily get into a tree would be Dewdrop, um, given the fact that she is a cat and possibly the Goliath, possibly Leonet, just because he's so tall. <laughs> For a second I was like, have I, have I, have I just been like have I, have I just been stripped of my name? No, I forgot it for a second. <laughs> I'm just known as the Goliath. <laughs> Okay, I, uh, Dewdrop, you, you've been here a lot more recently than I have. I have a very good idea of what we should do, but I defer to your advice. Should we move or should we stay put? It's not getting closer. I think we stay put. If it comes closer, we'd be on our guard and be ready to fight if we need to. It's my turn to go watch. This thing doesn't seem to be moving. If you'd like to try and go back to sleep, I can assure you I am not going to look away from this thing. Absolutely not. Have we considered, perhaps, attacking first? I don't know how many of the... I don't know what else is around. Well, there's there's one way to find out. That light trick, how many times can you activate that? Can you apply it to this? And I pull out a hatchet. I believe I can, can I can cast on more than one thing at a time. No. So I have to break the mall's thing too. Yeah, if you cast it again, the mall has no more light. I could cast it on that, but the mall would go out. Oh. Um. As you're talking, Dewdrop has like dropped down and she's like flint and stone, getting the fire going. And you can note there's like a pouch of stuff that she's throwing in and it makes the fire spark up. How long does it take to cast light? It's a cantrip. It's technically an action, so like six seconds. Okay. Do you have any particular attachment to that hammer? Not at all. Pass it here. Right. I quickly cast the light on the hammer rather mm-hmm. than the mall. Yep. And then toss the hammer, not quite... Like, not directly at this thing, but more, like, closer to it than we are to it. Okay, can you roll uh, just a general dex check to see how close you can get to it? Sure. Great minds think alike. Indeed. And we have a... What's my dex modifier? Uh, Plus one. Plus one. Okay, beautiful. Then that is a 16. It lands right at this thing's feet. I... Immediately, like, guard. Like, on guard. 
And it's still not moving. It's still there, waiting, staring. But you can see that the snow around its paws is melting away. And every snowflake that's falling and lands on its back sizzles and burns away in steam. Well, that doesn't seem good. And its eyes are still red, boring, into you. And it's it looks like a wolf. But it is huge. Would I be familiar with any creature like this now we can see its physical form? You've heard of things like this before? Um, you have heard of direwolves, but this is like no direwolf you have ever heard of before. Gautier, is this the, uh, uh, Gautier, is this the thing that you've seen? It's kind of. It's similar. It's hard to tell. What happened when you encountered that thing that you saw? The one that I saw was already dead. Do you remember? Did it? Did you? Did it? Did it? Did it look like it had been killed by something in particular? One of the people from my village. Athvar was from. From Athvar. A traveler from Athvar had it. Well, don't exactly know how to kill this thing, but so does it? There's nothing. The light didn't show up. Anything else around it? It was just this one thing. It's just that, and it. Um, what do you have? In terms of... Okay, I'm not going to suggest that because that's up to you to realise. Okay. Um, <laughs> Guarantee you I won't realise Yeah, that, no, so. I know. It's fine. Just roll a general religion for me, everyone. My religion is plus four? Um... Yeah. 21. 21? I just rolled a 6. Great job, bud. <laughs> nat 1. Oh, no! Our second nat 1 for the session. Uh, what's your modifier on that? Plus 0. Okay, so <laughs> 1. Yeah, Lainette, you know, like, and you can kind of figure it out, given that you're in a, pretty much a haunted mountain range, there are things that can possess other things and take over their bodies. So what you're saying is this thing is a possessed wolf creature. That's about as close as you can get. Like, that's what you can consider. I think I might have an idea what this thing is. I think something has possessed this creature. I think there is a spirit inhabiting it, giving it this bizarre power. Well, if that's the case and is being possessed, whatever we do, we don't necessarily have to kill this creature if anyone's able to... Drive it away. Yes, precisely. Does anyone know how to do that? I was going to say, does the, the Church of the Flame have any, like, exorcism? That, uh, I mean, not so much exorcism, but your powers would work on something that is undead, potentially. My powers. Well, you're a cleric. You yeah. have spells and abilities. Yeah. Granted to you by the flame. That's right. Now, like, there is, I could do something that might drive it away, but at the same time, it might also cause it to attack us. Is it worth the risk? Super that, or it just stares at us till one of us succumbs to the cold. Do you drop? What do you think? I I don't know. I I've seen direwolves like this before, but this is new. This, this is different, and it's 
she like her head like her tail has puffed up and her ears are back and she is very scared sure everybody get behind me I don't think it's a ghost. I don't think it's a spirit that's possessing this. What do you think it is? I don't know. Can can anyone tell, you know, what form a creature, like what kind of creature it is? It appears to be some sort of, something that resembles a wolf. But the thing inside of it, do you know its origin? Can you tell its origin? I'd have no better guess than you. I think I might... I can try something. Everybody just look out. I'm going to I'm going to try something. And I will cast the can- uh, the sorry, the first level spell, not the cantrip, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, detect evil and good. Yep. So I do I need to touch it or is it more just like a Nope, so it is a concentration spell for the duration you know if there is an aberration, celestial Elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within 30 feet, as well as where the creature is located. Is this thing within 30 feet of us? Yeah, it's like right in front of you. I cast Detect Evil and Good. No. And as you cast that, you get the overwhelming feeling that this creature is a fiend. This creature is from hell. Oh dear. And as you cast that, it snarls and smoke billows from its mouth. I don't know how to tell you guys this, but this thing's from hell. And it's in, it is lunging. From where? <laughs> it's from hell. It is lunging at you now. Okay, with that being said, I will cast Guiding Bolt at All right. this fiend. And I think we will pick up there next week. How's that for a cliffhanger? There we go. So... For all those of you out there that have enjoyed this session, we will be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, You will be able to re-listen to this as a podcast, which will be released tomorrow on Spotify, iTunes, or... Basically any podcasting service you use. Yep. And we'll put it on our Facebook page and our website, so you'll be able to catch up with it there. Of course. Thank you for joining us on this adventure. Thank you so much for being part of our first ever episode of Season 4 of Dungeon and Airwaves. I have been Ben, otherwise known as Leonette. I'm Ash, I'm your DM. I'm Billy, I'm Kodak. I'm Emily, I'm Katya. And we will see you all next week. Have a wonderful night.
supposed to have 